Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Event Industry News Podcast with me, James Dixon, wishing you a very good morning, afternoon or evening, whenever or wherever you join today's podcast from. Um, I'm I'm walking the tightrope today, everybody, because as we were just about to be begin today's recording, my internet went out and lo and behold, the engineer's van is parked on my street corner, which is never a good sign. So I'm on a 4G connection with my fingers crossed that we can get through today's podcast recording without any interruptions, um, because uh, I'm also pleased to say that it's a returning guest. Um, joining us from The Hague today is our good friend of the Event Industry News podcast, the CEO and founder of Conference Compass, Mr. Yelma Van Ast joins us. Yelma, a very warm welcome back to the podcast. Um, and a few you. things to talk about today. Uh, for context as always we're recording this late in november the 22nd of november to be precise um the the biggest event in the world has just kicked off uh in the middle east so um you yeah. know we've, we've got all that to look forward to over the coming weeks but rather than looking forward we're actually going to be doing a little bit of reflecting today with our guest yelma van Ast because earlier on this year conference compass posted a really interesting blog um that looked ahead to 2022, what they were hoping to achieve, what they would like to focus on for the year. Um, and there were two values that Conference Compass set out at the start of the year, Yelma, which were flexibility and adaptability, followed by three key points. Hybrid is here to stay, ensuring that participant engagement becomes the most important goal and that smaller, more personalised events uh, and the emergence of micro events would really be something that that we would see. Um, so we're going to do a little bit of reflection today, as well as looking at uh, a couple of new things that you guys have launched. So welcome back, Yelma, first of all. And um, let, let's cast our minds back to early 2022 and this idea of really focusing on flexibility and adaptability as we came out of the back end of the pandemic. We are now almost at the end of 22. And how vehemently have you, have you been able to stick to those values? Yeah, so absolutely. Um, so the, the reason why we we set out one of those one of those values about flexibility and adaptability is that we 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 ourselves as a company and the, the industry with us um, obviously were taken uh, uh, as everyone uh, by surprise and, and as a shock when the pandemic hit. But we see now that uh, going out of the pandemic and into uh, into the future, um, we as a technology company wants to offer our customers um, the safety. Um, of knowing that their event will will go on, whatever shape or form it will take place, and that they have a, a tool set really to their disposal uh, to uh, use different uh, models, different formats, different uh, event design really for their various uh, events throughout the year, whatever they want to organize them, let's say the good old fashioned way, in person, fully in person, the COVID style fully online or anything in between, whether that takes place, we call it hybrid, whether that takes place at the same time. Mm -hmm. So an on-site event with an online component or more of a, a linear series of events, a pre-show online deep dive followed by the in-person getting to meet each other and engage in person with some topical um, post-event uh, courses or, mm -hmm. or post-event uh, online meetings and we see all of that taking place and that's uh, that really fills us with joy because our platform is is, uh, is used to its fullest and it helps us help them have a stronger impact with uh, with their events and that's what we're we're here for 
Mm. And it's and it's a very sort of apt time for, for you and I to be speaking today because uh, this is, as I said, this is 22nd of November. It's a Tuesday morning and I've just come off the back of a, a week's work on the production team for Event Tech Live down in London. So, you know, this was our first, I would say, full return to, to, to the event as we know it. You know, in 2021, we did run the event um, in person, but under... Um, a certain level of self-imposed COVID restrictions to to make sure that our audience felt safe um, and were comfortable into coming back into that live environment. So this was our first real experience of seeing things fully back to normal, um, but also our first experience of having that hybrid element running alongside it to ensure that people could could tune in. A, if they didn't want to come in person, if they weren't able to, if they didn't still didn't feel comfortable, and, and B, for people who just geographically can't get to or couldn't get to London. Um, so I, I, mentally, I'm in a good place at the moment to sort of reference some of the stuff that, that we're talking about. And, um, you know, we ran a fully virtual day on Tuesday last week, which was our final build day. And when the live event then opened on Wednesday and Thursday, we continued to have an element of, uh, virtual and uh, and streamed content and hybrid content accessible to people via a platform. So I, I think like most people who, or many people who run an event that might only take place annually, we're still very much finding our feet in the hybrid world because we only get maybe one or two chances a year to actually see what works, refine it. And, and I think your point of hybrid is here to stay, I think is is backed up by that idea that for many organisers, we might only organise one or two major events a year. So we do have to wait for that cycle to come round again before we can continue to refine our, our hybrid offering, which means that personally, I think that, that that's why it will continue for, for several years down the line. Yes, absolutely. And I, the, the word hybrid in a way has been I'm not going to say stained, but it's um, there's there's people who say well hybrid, you know, hybrid doesn't work. It's too complex. There, mm. There's too many moving parts. It's too too expensive. And then we've had some some uh, some in the event industry even say we don't we don't want to give people a reason not to come and fly to the event. We want those people here. We don't want to give them a, a really good online offering. Who when I heard that I thought okay, <laughs> there's some work to do here because I yeah. think that tells me that tells us that um that the value proposition of uh, of events of conferences of like physical events um there's some work to be to be done um and i think there well, exactly. the answers yeah. are the answers are there uh, but we can clearly see how how the industry is is trying now with everything that they we've learned sort of reinvent themselves and i think one thing that is key uh, I've said it earlier in the year as well, is that it becomes more and more important um, for events to think properly about their value proposition. Uh, and I think more and more we're going to see that that value proposition has to extend beyond the, say, two or three days of the in-person event. And event technology is key there, of course, to bring people together whenever and wherever they are. And yeah. uh, that has given us a, a strong, yeah, a, a new sense almost of, mm. of, uh, of purpose. So that's really exciting. Really yeah. Exciting. Uh, and you're, you're right, because what, what, in my own opinion, again, this is referencing, you know, being on site last week at, at Event Tech Live is, is knowing that that there was certainly uh, no, uh, within an, a couple of hours of the doors opening, it was obvious 
people were there in person. We had people, we had standing room only around the main stage at 11.15 a.m. on day one last week. We had to put out the the wireless headsets that we had uh, put aside for day two. We were breaking them out on day one to satisfy demand for the amount of people who wanted to stand around the stages. And that to me said that, uh, you know, the audience, in the in-person audience was there. They were there with a hunger and an appetite to be there, to learn, to tune in. So any... Any worry that an organiser got, has got of, well, if I offer it hybrid, people may not come. I think we can maybe not tear it up and throw that idea out the window. But, you know, I, I, my analogy is always football and soccer. You know, people will still go to a stadium to watch the match in person and they will all, they can also choose to watch it in ho at home. Just because we broadcast sports on TV doesn't mean that the stadiums are empty. You know, there are still sellout audiences there. You know, people have that hunger and that desire to be within that community. And that's the feedback that I've seen already from last week has, has very much been along those lines that the people who were there in person loved being there and there was nothing that can replicate that. But going on to what you were saying, the hybrid element is going to give us an extension to that live event by having that hybrid element, by recording all of the sessions, by making that content available on demand afterwards, by having a platform there that was allowing us to run a hybrid event as well, gives us that luxury of being able to extend the event beyond the two days that it was in London last week. Yes, absolutely. And and clearly, being in person, uh, there is there's the event experience, uh, which is much more uh, uh, experiential, much more emotional, all your senses are being triggered by being in that room, hearing the sound from the stage, being among people with a proper, you know, light lighting of the of the stage and the audience, um, and that um, brings me always in a in a mood uh, to be fully present and 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 learn much more, in fact, and get many more ideas that then I can use to connect with people when I walk out of the room again, turning that into a conversation around the coffee table and and into sometimes lifelong new new connections that I make. Mm. And it's event technology or technology in general that um, that is there not to be in the way, but to be there, um, let's say, always present to help you get that done, to meet mm. the right people, to, to, uh, to follow up in the right way, to prepare yourself for the event by knowing who you want to meet or which sessions you want to attend. And that's that's really the purpose uh, of of event uh, tech in my in my view. And, and maybe that's maybe this is a, a, an appropriate moment to maybe talk about a, a development within your own organisation. The the, uh, the flock live. Um, yeah. You were telling me off air about this new element that you that you brought to the table, which is very much about bringing audiences together. So why don't we bring that into the conversation here and tell us a little yeah, bit sure. about this this new flock live um, element that you've developed. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, we've, we've, you know, we've rebranded our platform and we're calling it Flock Life now to also really, as a, as a testament to our, to our vision and mission really, to help uh, our customers, uh, organizers, owners really of communities with events that drive those communities like medical scientific organizations and corporates um, to help those communities uh, flock live, like come together in a live fashion, whether that live means online or on site it's both live mm. uh, with real human interactions and we facilitate that with our platform and it really brings everything we've done in our tenure before covid with everything we've done 
during COVID now together in a, in a real great unified platform uh, that indeed it does no, no longer matter if you want to invite your, your, your audiences for the in-person part or the, the online component that you have or the online event you have pre and or post the on-site experience. Uh, and we've made that much easier for our customers to, um, to, to organize and set up smaller events as well. Mm. So not only we have made the user interface so much easier that they can do it without our support, which is always, of course, a much more cost-effective way for our customers. Um, but on top of that, we've introduced a subscription model that makes it easier and much more cost-effective uh, to organize a series of events um, on the basis of that that license uh, that they that they purchase from us, mm. so we really have what we said at the beginning of the year. I think we we really stayed true to that. We enable audiences to come flock live together, uh, no matter uh, where they're from, and we're making it much easier for our customers to organize smaller events as well, uh, and and use that year round to engage their community wherever they are. That's and- uh, that's exciting. And one thing that that sprung to mind there is that, um, again, for a period of time, we we made the mistake collectively, I think, of thinking that a hybrid event meant that you had your event platform for your virtual attendees and in-person attendees were just there in the room. Uh, And something that, again, I've I've learned and realised just in, in recent weeks is that people who are in the room in the exhibition hall or the conference center can still access that hybrid platform as part of their in-person experience. There's no exclusivity there. There's no line that says, sorry, you're attending virtually, so you use this and you're in person, so you have to use this. You can use the same platform for the people who are there and who aren't there. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that holds for speakers as well. So I've been at the ICA Congress um, a couple of weeks ago in Krakow, and that was a great moment as well to to uh, to meet uh, to meet a lot of friends from the industry again. And mm-hmm. and a couple of speakers were dialing in remotely. And at first, I I had to say, I mean, okay, am I going to sit in this audience to look at a screen and and see a speaker who's dialing in? But they, they, that was actually really really well done because it was a was sort of a an interaction between the host on stage and the speaker online and and the whole dynamic just worked well and it was still a great experience to to see that from from sitting in the audience and then connecting with the other members of the audience afterwards mm-hmm. uh, so uh, i think that it opens up a lot of creative ways of not just bringing the audiences together um or um in, you know at least giving them access uh, to the mm-hmm. same to the same content uh, but also to uh, to work more cleverly um, with your speakers and uh, and and even you know your 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 industry partners. Well, and 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 the question I ask those is why shouldn't it be okay? Because on the one hand, as organisers, we're happy to stream content out and ask our audience to sit and watch it remotely. So why is it not okay to bring a speaker in remotely and have the audience in person? Yeah. It's it's just yeah. the flip side of the coin. You know, it's it, it, yeah. it, you know w- w- why not do it that way? We again, we did it a couple of times last week. I've seen it at other events where people have been dialed in remotely into a room uh, to engage with, you know, somebody in there uh, it, actually in the room, um, and it can work brilliantly. Um, I, I ran a conference a few months ago where 
Um, there was should have been a two-person presentation. One person was stuck. There were train strikes. They dialed in remotely. Their colleague was able to get there. And so they ran a two-person session with a, a PowerPoint presentation on a screen and another screen with the person's video link on there. And it, it actually worked really, really well. And the one thing actually that came away from that is that the audience said it was actually in some respects more interesting having that dynamic there, you know, and seeing that they were able to do that and we were able to do that in the room, for, you know, for, for that audience. You know, there can be a, it, it's about adding different tastes and flavours to your to your lineup, isn't it? And, and adding different elements yeah. to, to keep it interesting. Yeah, and that so so that's the toolbox I talked about, and that agility and, and adaptability um, it just opens up a lot of um, yeah new mm. ways uh, to to be uh, uh, to, uh, to be creative in the way you you create the, the most impact for your audience uh, mm. with with your events. The 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 the. the... Point number three that you made in your blog, and and by the way, anybody, if you want to go to conferencecompass.com, um, and I'm sure there may be with the, with the rebrand, there may be uh, new URLs coming, but for the time being, go to conferencecompass.com, go to their blog, and you can actually read this blog in full that, that we're referencing today. And I would recommend that you go and do that because, you know, this was stuff that was laid out at the start of 2022 by Yelmer and his team. And it, it's a great moment to sort of reflect on that. And it would be useful for people to read that uh, who work in this industry. And maybe they use that as a, as a reference point for their own reflections on, on what they've achieved. And that brings me to talking about point three in that blog, which was that smaller, more personalized events, the emergence of micro events. And you mentioned this subscription model that you're going to bring in, Yelma, or that you, that you have brought in to aid these. Have you, looking back now from the start of the year to now, have you really seen the emergence of these micro events that you thought may come about it, has that manifested itself yes absolutely i think micro events um, i mean what do you call a micro event uh, or a smaller event but we've we've seen a number of of, um, of those um, for instance uh, um, our platform has been used earlier before the pandemic mostly for the larger uh, annual congresses and the, the subspecialty conferences that takes place during the year uh, usually uh, hundreds of people, thousands of people are get, getting together. Now our customers are using our platform as well for their smaller events throughout the year, like a webinar series or some smaller regional meetings as well with a with mm -hmm. perhaps 100 attendees. And uh, and that's so that's something that has really, um, re really flourished and is enabling. Uh, also, we've seen how uh, on our platform, um, uh, Delegates uh, of the of the conference or speakers and, and audience members get together in one-to-one -to -one meetings through the platform really really easily to have their um, meetings micro micro events if you like meetings mm -hmm. uh, about specific topics uh, or uh, industry partners organizing uh, roundtable events as well to to get people together on a certain topic like campfire sessions mm -hmm. and at scientific conferences a big a big thing is posters um yes yeah. posters yeah. Is, a, is something that is perhaps a bit special uh, to scientific uh, technology uh, yeah, yeah, yeah scientific yeah. technology and, and medical events but it's a very key element in the in the sharing of knowledge uh, early access knowledge that has not yet been published in a in a peer-reviewed journal but is uh is there already at a at an event with a poster 
uh, for, for quick sort of feedback from the, from the audience. And we're supporting that as well in uh, a poster rooms where you can have a number of people joining the, the poster presenter uh, to ask questions about uh, the poster and to have a, an interactive uh, a demonstration. And that really helps advance uh, science. Yeah. And I can I can actually back that up with some some sort of personal uh, understanding of that. My uh, one of my two brothers is a doctor of geology at Royal Holloway University, uh, just outside of London, and he travels all over the world um, to to scientific conferences. And since the pandemic, a lot of those conferences he's told me have gone online using virtual events platforms. And the poster element that you've just highlighted is something that he has done for years. He regularly goes to these with a poster presentation in order to present findings of a particular study or project that they've been working on. And so I know from what he's told me the value of those particular poster sessions and how um, effective they have been able to be through the online community. Several of their major conferences in his industry have remained online because they worked so effectively during the pandemic when they were unable to travel that despite restrictions being lifted, they've remained online exclusively because it's a much more effective way of getting the community together without them having to travel distances. Some of these conferences, he's, he's based in London. One that he went to every year was in Tokyo. Another one was in San Francisco. Um, and so now... They've retained not a hybrid, but actually a fully virtual um, angle to some of these conferences because of the effectiveness of the platforms. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And and so that that goes to the effectiveness of certain certain um, sessions and presentations, uh, where you make it more accessible for participants to to choose what they want to see and even switch between sessions more easily than when you go and sit in a session and maybe feel a little uncomfortable leaving and, and joining another session mm. uh, to also um, view what you've missed later because everything is recorded and to much easier ask questions, something that's typically really scary for, for people to raise their hand and stand up and ask the question. Mm. And the rest of the room may have their thoughts about, or at <laughs> least that's in your mind, like maybe it's a stupid question. But, you know, to type your question and to have the moderator select it uh, that's uh, a much more accessible way. So we see a lot of that engagement. And two weeks ago, we had uh, a huge conference, a lung health conference on our platform. Um, thousands of, uh, of uh, lung healthcare professionals uh, joining in, in, in uh, I think it were 12 parallel sessions and hundreds of people uh, per, per room. Uh, and that event was for the third time in a row, completely online. Um, um, and it, it worked brilliantly, uh, exactly for, for, for those reasons. Uh, knowledge sharing uh, is actually something that works beautifully online. Mm -hmm. uh, the other parts work more effectively in person. Now when the pandemic is over, really, and those conferences are making up their mind, those organizers, are we going back in person with all the benefits, but also mm. barriers for entry? and perhaps barriers for engagement. Do we keep it online? Well, we see how that's going to unfold. Uh, on our part, we, we continue also pushing our technology to make it easier for people on site to interact. So for instance, those old fashioned poster presentations, they can also be digital, uh, digitalized. So you have mm -hmm. a, a screen with the poster being presented where you uh, more easily can also 
um, approach the speaker, contact the speaker, the poster presenter, if they're not standing next to their, to next to their poster to, uh, to, to come and meet you at their poster for some, for some Q and A and help, uh, and help creating more engaging interactions there too. Well, the, the, the link sharing element, I think, is something, again, until you see it actually in action and you've you've participated in an event through a virtual event platform, you don't realise subtleties uh, and small the smaller impacts that, that they can have. And one, one that I've noticed is link sharing. If you're at an in-person conference, we've all been there at the end of a session when the presenter wraps up their conference session um, and says, thank you very much for, for watching my presentation. Thank you very much for listening. If you would like more information, here's my website on screen. Here is my email address on screen. How many people actually take the time to note that down? How many people actually write down the email address? One of the big benefits is link sharing in the virtual world is that you can post a link into the chat function on the virtual event platform and straight away people's inclination if they see a link is to is to click it. They see it pop up. Yeah. Oh, I'll click that. Oh, it's a document. Great. I'll save that document. Oh, it's the email address. I'll save that email address. I, I think there is a subtlety to, to people seeing a link and being able to just click it instantly that um, until you see it in action, you don't realize how valuable that small element is um, when you can apply it straight into, you know, a chat window. True. And, and for the physical uh, conference, um, uh, our authors, our, our speakers can include a little QR code on their slide. People take out our, our app, scan the QR code, takes them straight to the, uh, uh, to the, to the presentation, mm -hmm. to the poster uh, and get access to the content uh, and the additional sort of resources like links to the, speaker profiles and uh, uh, we we support our speakers to record an introduction video so mm -hmm. to give a little sort of short you like youtube short like a short video of, of what this presentation is about which mm -hmm. is very useful in preparing yourself to to, to determine what it is you want to you want to attend for the full duration but also afterwards to catch up and be like oh yes this presentation was about it was about that to refresh your refresh your mind so there's all mm -hmm. these things that, all these things that um, I think can enhance the in-person experience with adding a little digital flavor to it. Things that you use daily on when you use Instagram or, or YouTube or on social media uh, mm -hmm. to, uh, yeah, to, to access content. <laughs> I love the I love the phrase as well. An in-person event with a digital flavor. I do like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that's that. Um, I've I got one that's what hybrid really is. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I've got one eye on, on the clock today, everybody, because um, Yelma's very kindly sort of squeezed us into um, a, a window of opportunity that he's got today. So uh, I know that you need to, to, to get off other commitments. But, but before before we let you go, um, I'm keen to just turn our attention briefly to to the future. You, you've mentioned this this you've called it a rebrand, the launch of Flock live um let's just clarify that for people so that they know what to expect in the next few months maybe and into 2023 is that a full rebrand where slowly the conference compass brand will be removed and it will be replaced by this how will it actually physically be presented to people and what's the timeline for that yeah good so so our product's called flock live our company is still conference compass it's, it's flock live by conference compass and we'll we'll see how we you know how we'll uh, how we perhaps keep those brands side by side or or move it over. That's to be seen. Our customers are all with their our, their backends, which we now call our our Flock Studios. 
they're all on, on Flock Live. So it's all already rolled out and being used. All our new customers just go on Flock Live straight away. And what they're going to see is besides our, our very nice um, uh, Flock Live logo, which you'll, which you'll see uh, when you have, a, have an opportunity. And th they'll just get to experience the same platform as before, but um, much more easier to use and utilize for a, a variety of events. And that's really, it's, it, that's, that's not just what we've done in 2022, but it's something we keep on pushing moving forward. Like I said, to make it easier for our clients to organize a whole series of events. It doesn't matter if they're small or huge, anything in between, um, where they can engage their communities, whether they participate online, on-site, uh, or in a mixture of them. I think that's key to the future of uh, of our industry to offer that flexibility, that adaptability at a at a very affordable rate, with a professional team on our side that can help our customers set up and support those events uh, on a case by case basis, whatever they uh, whatever they prefer, and and that's um, uh, that's really where we are. We hope to uh, our mission is to to have a positive impact ultimately on how um, uh, science healthcare and other professions are being are being pushed forward to invent new things and have an impact on for instance the the people that get better uh, treatments because healthcare is moving forward the same applies to technology science and all and all other subjects and anything we can do to help those doctors scientists professionals to better connect with the right people at the right time and to follow up more uh, effectively uh, that means progress, uh, mm. and then you know that that that's really what we're here, what we're here for. We've been talking today on the podcast to the CEO and founder of Conference Compass, Mr. Yelma van Aast, who has joined us from their base in The Hague in the Netherlands this morning. Um, Yelma, it's been lovely to speak to you again. If anybody listening to this wants to find out more about some of the items that we've talked about today, particularly that blog, which gave us really sort of the start point for today's conversation, please do head over to conferencecompass.com. And of course, keep your eyes peeled, no doubt, for more information coming in the in the in the further months um, about Flock Live by Conference Compass, the rebranded virtual events platform that Yelma and his team deliver. So please do go and check out what uh, these guys have got to offer. And um, maybe early in 2023, we'll see another blog on the website, Yelma, looking ahead to what we may see next year. And it becomes a, a bit of an annual forecast of what you may see uh, happening. Because as we discussed earlier on in today's conversation, hybrid is is very much here to stay. And, and it will take, you know, it, it won't happen overnight. I think it will take us you know, the next few years to really sort of fully understand and, and for us to be able to adapt individually our own events to make them best suited for a particular hybrid offering. There is no one silver bullet. There is no one size fits all for all organisers. It will take time for everybody slowly but surely, I think, to, to adapt, to um, integrate uh, hybrid in the best way for their particular event. Um, so long may the conversations continue, Yelma. I've no doubt that we'll join you uh, again in 2023 to pick up this conversation again and see how things are, are developed. But for now, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, James. Thank you for having me and uh, you're very welcome.
No problem. And just a little bit of housekeeping before we finish off today, everybody. If uh, if you're listening to this via your podcast audio platform, don't forget to head over to eventindustrynews.com. You can check out the latest news features, supplements, special features, and of course, the legendary Event Industry News A to Z supplier directory. If you're an organizer working in the events industry and you are looking for a product or service, be it physical, digital, an event platform, whatever it may be, head over to the A to Z supplier directory where you will find a comprehensive list of suppliers within the events industry. Um, if you are already on the eventindustrynews.com website, having a look around and watching this podcast as a video today, thank you very much for tuning in. It's been a pleasure to see you. Don't forget to go in the opposite direction and make sure that you subscribe to our audio versions of all the podcasts wherever you get your podcasts from. We're really easy to find. Which brings us to the end of today's episode. Our thanks again to the CEO and founder of Conference Compass and of course Flock Live Mr. Yelma Van Aast. My name's James Dixon, and that brings us to the end of another episode of the Event Industry News Podcast. Goodbye, everybody.